Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched Kong Skull Island, released in 2017 and directed by Jordan Vote Roberts. Voight Roberts. I think it's Vote Roberts. Vote Roberts. The plot of the movie goes something like this. At the end of the Vietnam War, a team heads off to explore an uncharted island in the South Pacific and finds more than they bargained for. This movie starts out so strong. It really does. So It loses good. a little bit of momentum by the end, but it's still mm. really fun all the way through. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a really, really, really great Kong movie. Like, it's fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It looks amazing. It doesn't miss a cliche in the book. Mm. Um, the, and it's like it's like a C-grade movie, but but with entirely, like, A-grade actors. Mm. This is what two of the guys from Straight Outta Compton went on to do after that movie. This has Brie Larson this is in what the year Brie that she La- won the Oscar. Yeah, Brie Larson won her Oscar, like, flew from the set of this, won her Oscar, flew back to the set of this. Tom Hiddleston. Um, sorry, I should just stop and do a spoiler warning before we go too much further because we will probably get into spoilers mm. later on. Not that – I mean, if you've ever seen a monster movie – probably can pick out from the start what's going to happen in this. There was but one surprise in this movie for me. To you. wasn't a surprise to me, but yes, I will. Well, it was a surprise in that they – so the the um, we're talking about the um, Cole's sacrifice, but I think that was more of it. It was a surprise in that, like, he went for the big sacrifice, but then they pulled it out from under you and he didn't get ah, to do right. it. That was a good little moment, I mm. thought. I knew somebody was going to do the big sacrifice, but I didn't know it was going to be him. I actually kind of thought it might be um, Jason Mitchell instead. Well, I don't know who Jason Mitchell is, but I assumed it was going to be him because he's like a little bit older than all of the others and also okay. he was the most cynical. Yeah. Well, he, the Jason Mitchell is the, his friend. Um, so Jason Mitchell played Easy in Straight Outta Compton and mm-hmm. he was like astonishingly good in that. Um, and the other guy from Straight Outta Compton is Corey Hawkins who played um, Brooks in this movie, the scientist, mm-hmm. um, who was really adorable in this. So, yeah, those two guys – I mean, that's so good. It was like mm. it's really odd to watch this movie with these actors who were yeah. really, really talented, and just in these like supporting roles. But even like you know, John Goodman and John C. Riley. Yeah, they were great. John C. Riley's very funny, but John Goodman was great in this too. Yeah, I mean, and Samuel L. Jackson. If he's not an A grade actor, he has got A grade name recognition. Yes. Um. So yeah, like it, it was this. It's a great. Movie. I'm just. I was looking forward to this because you know Hiddles. I think we both were yeah. also looking forward to something. Well, a big dumb action movie with pretty yeah. boys in it. We would, Yeah, we were definitely behind that. And Brie Larson, who we love. And, yeah, I, I didn't expect very much of it. And it was really fun. One of the things I really appreciated a lot about this movie is the, like, it was very kind of appreciative of all the guys being hot. Like, it, it, this guy knows exactly how to shoot Tom Hiddleston to make mm-hmm. him look good. But also, like, there was that whole little homoerotic bit on the boat where they were mm-hmm. all shirtless and stuff like that. Um, that was really, like, it was really gorgeously shot, but also, like, really kind of fairly shot. It wasn't mm-hmm. all, like, Brie Larson is so hot and everybody else is just dudes. It was much mm-hmm. more equitable than that. And I yeah. liked that. Yeah, yeah. And, and um, Brie Larson is another female scientist in the team as well. They're actually treated you know, quite well. There's some stupid things like Brie Larson's hair is out the whole time, even though they're like riding in helicopters that have no doors and no seatbelts. Well, yes. I mean, aesthetic is over, like is more important than everything else in this movie. There's a lot of silly things where they wouldn't actually do that, Mm -hmm. but they did it anyway for aesthetic purposes. (laughs) Um, But that's, yeah, that's silly, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, this movie isn't too serious. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like it's going, oh, this is so realistic. So those sorts of things just fly better with me if it's in a movie where it's not quite as... Like realistic, and we can just kind of make fun of it while also enjoying it. Yeah. A lot. Whereas, like when Peter Jackson took on Kong like fifteen years ago, he kind of took it 
quite seriously. That yeah. movie takes itself quite seriously. This it's also one, really beautiful. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good movie and beautiful and the Kong played by Andy Serkis is excellent. But um, this one kind of – they're not taking it seriously is what's good about it, but it also kind of does take it seriously. Like it it really, really leans into the Apocalypse Now stuff and the end oh, yeah. of the Vietnam War stuff. And, oh, yeah. There's, there's um, not a single song that you've heard in any Vietnam War movie that's not in this movie. Tom Hiddleston's character is called James Conrad. Conrad. <laughs> they call him Captain Conrad over and over again. Yeah. He's just sitting there giggling the whole time. Yeah, and like the the way that things are framed, the big hero shot of Kong, the way they oh, – the helicopters. Such a good shot. Yeah. It looks so good. It looks so delicious. I just wanted to eat it. Mm -hmm. Like there's all this kind of neon stuff at the beginning and, oh, my God, it was so gorgeous. I loved it. Mm. And it was so – and like all the difference between the the bright lights and the neon stuff at the beginning with the nature of Skull Island Mm. and uh, the CG stuff looked great. That final fight also between Kong and the big skull crawler was such a good fight. Oh, my God. Yes. Like, so tense and you didn't know what was going to happen next and it was really fun. You could always tell what was going on. It felt like a real fight between yeah. two real creatures. And, like, the big skull crawl is not really – isn't fully established, but Kong, by that point, is a fully fleshed-out character mm. as well. So you sort of – you really follow all the beats of the fight as well. Okay, so I was thinking about um Godzilla, yes. the recent Godzilla movie. And basically I think what this movie does well – it does everything that that movie did wrong right, <laughs> right? We care about the people. It establishes the people so that we care about them. Um, but then it also builds up our sympathy for Kong. Um, we, it shows us Kong very early on in full. We see Kong, like little hints of him to begin with, and then we get a big hero shot. But it's like they get to that island, we see Kong. They don't, don't prolong that. They don't drag that out so that we get plenty of time to at- become attached to Kong as a character. But we also mm. feel that kind of cool buildup of excitement and mm. awe before we see him. Um, and that, that little sting teaser at the beginning is so great where um, there was this bit where like – you first see John C. Riley's character, but the young actor playing him falling from the sky and screaming. And I was like, yeah. oh, that must be John C. Riley's character. And then he crashes. <laughs> and then I looked at him and I was like, oh, wait, it's not. And then I figured out what was happening. Yeah. But it took me a second. Um, but yeah, that whole bit was really, really cool and fun and silly. Um, and it felt like a, like a prof, like an old war movie, mm-hmm. kind of like a silly old war yeah, movie. Yeah. Cause his Japanese counterpart also kind of thing. crashes on the island and they end up together. And I, I, was a little bit confused because I accidentally read his Japanese counterpart as a woman. So, but the scene is quite like it looks they, – they, you know, they fight and you think they're going to fall in love and that's kind of what actually happened. <laughs> yeah, that was funny because they were fighting and I was like, make out. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a woman um, for, through most of the scene. So I was like, well, yes, of course they're going to make out. But, yeah. Okay. I didn't. Um, but, yeah, that was that whole scene at the beginning was so much fun and then you get to see Kong's big hands. And oh, it's just yeah. So, it's so fun. It's so fun. Like Kong's introduction, smashing all the helicopters into each other is so fun. Mm. And and the the military versus the scientist stuff, I know we've seen it all before, but it's still really, like, mm. enjoyable to watch in this. It's fun to break it all down and have all the tropes and yeah. have them be exciting. Well, and- but all – and the, the characters are all very human. Like, even um, – uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character, who's probably the least likable, the least sort, the most sort of, um, the biggest antagonist of that group. He, we at least build like you sort of see where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, all the way through, he's always got a, a motivation for why he's doing what he's doing. Um, because some of it is really, really silly. Like these people arrive in this strange island where they don't know anybody. And then the scientists set off a bunch of bombs and then that attracts Kong. They and don't so the know anybody. First... They think it's – they do genuinely think there's no humans on yeah, it. And they, they do think f- there's the, creatures. The, they're just really like, – like, 
the soldiers really like shoot first, ask questions later, which mm. is not very sympathetic. But all of the individual soldiers, other than um, Samuel L. Jackson, are quite sympathetic. Like there's yeah. a really young boy who ends up with the Tom Hilston, Brie Larson group. Simcoe. Chap- Chapman, who is played by Toby Kebbell, who also plays Kong, who is like doomed from the start. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's first introduced writing a, so- a, a song, a letter to his son back home. No, it's before before that he's not. Before that he actually goes into Sam Jackson's office. Oh, I that's think. right. And he's like, and then, oh, he tells, tells him what he's going to do when he gets back yeah, home. Yeah, exactly. He's got a job lined up. And then he's like, I'm writing a letter to my boy, which again I read as homoerotic until I realised he meant his son. <laughs> um, and... Well, it was after that scene with all the shirtless bit. Um, but it so was before that. You know he's going to die. You know he's doomed. But he's very um, sympathetic the yeah. whole way there. The um, the two guys the, – the, Toby Kebbell also plays Kong in this. Yes. Um, the guys from Straight Out of Compton, who you talked about before, both of them are quite distinct characters, mm. but they're both very sympathetic. You sort of – you feel, along with Samuel L. Jackson, you feel these, these guys who've been out – at war in this losing war in Vietnam for too long mm. um, and they're just doing this one last mission and they're sick of it. So I think – And they build it up with, like, good relationships, um, Shea Wiggins, Cole, and um, and I don't remember the name of Jason Mitchell's character um, and Easy. Um, I don't remember pretty much anyone's name in this except, like, Hiddleston and um, Samuel L. J. Even still, like, they, they're, like, they're actors to me. Even that, though, um, Hiddleston's character is, like, introduced like Han Solo. It's absolutely amazing. We walk into the such cantina. A good, such a good introduction it's scene. Like an, it's amazing. If, if, yeah, it's the Han Solo introduction scene, but it is fantastic. Um, but they kind of, like, they both lean into that cliche but also make – they don't kind of – he knows how to hold back enough to not kind of make it – too much of a cliche for yeah. the whole thing. Well, that's the thing about that character too is that like he's so he's you know the stoic badass kind of character, mm. but then every so often he gets to do like he gets to be silly or funny or in response to especially um John C. Riley, but in other moments as well, you know, he gets to be kind of a little bit off that, like mm. just a little bit offbeat. It's the same thing with Brie Larson's character. Yeah. She's like the girl, but she gets to be a little bit more interesting than that, a little bit tougher, mm. a little bit more um mm, and the character her character of a war photographer with a boy's name like she's very um because it's Brie Larson there's a whole lot of it of you know charisma and talent and mm. quality brought to the performance but also her and like she's not she never feels like the girl there is a scene at the end where Kong rescues her that feels earned feels like she's the one who reached out to Kong and built the relationship and sort of made sure that the civilians were on the side of Kong but so she it also it, it's established in, in her character as well. Like when she takes photos mm. of and makes friends with the natives, and when she's like, you know, that that, and when she saves the big thingy, yeah, and she also um, ox thingy. Yeah, so like she's and she's Sam established Jackson, as this yeah, kind of character yeah. before she does it to Kong. So right. usually the Kong and the anti-war photographer, the, she, the way she describes herself as an anti-war photographer, and the way that Sam Jackson's character has a go at her for being embedded in Vietnam. Yeah, but also like. Um, Kong and and the girl relationship mm. is traditionally about her establishing just a relationship with Kong, mm. but this is more about her like general personality as a human being is something that like makes that connection. Mm. So it's really kind of her agency rather than his that creates that yeah. relationship well, she, in this the, one. The, her as a photojournalist is perfect because she she's very kind of she's not in photojournalism for the adventure, although you do get the sense of she's doing it for the adventure, but 
you also you she's there to tell people's stories. Mm. Like she's very interested in documenting everything that goes on. Her first instinct when they're faced with a giant, um, the first giant mammoth thing coming out of the the water is to get her camera. Like um, when and there's pull, the whole when idea. Tom Hilson pulls the gun down and she pulls the camera yeah, up. I yeah, like that. Film. That was really well done. And, and I mean, she talks about you know being the ones without guns, but there's also the whole. Um, dual meaning of the shooting there like mm. shooting film and all that kind of stuff so she kind of walks that line of exploitation uh, but also recording and documenting and being the witness yeah uh, the, the way this movie is shot is so great like they there's not a single cliche that they shy away from here and it is so good that there's the slow real slow motion ca- shots from above of the helicopters in time with the music um when samuel l jackson and kong first face off it's like in this incredible slow motion gorgeous shot with flame all around kong's face and it's mm. so fun and it's so cool that like there's so many of those shots too that just every single time they came up, I let out these little squeals of delight. Oh, a great, like, so good. A great rule of filmmaking and life is with cliches, you have to, you can't half ass them. You must lean into them. They don't, nothing is half assed in this, including the acting. That's why there's these A list actors in this C list movie, right? But C grade movie. Hiddles in that green smoke with the toxic mask on with uh, the samurai sword with samurai- just slicing through everything. And then there's the shot of like the bur- the, bird bat thing like being ripped in half mm. by the sword and then him between the two halves i love it so much it, it's so like they decided to use all this cg and stuff to make these shots that are that are not just like mm. the animals thumping into each other but real cool shots that you couldn't get a, a real you couldn't make it real right uh, and the um the guy whose name i can't remember one of the head scientists who gets taken off the boat by birds and yeah, like this yeah um, to me, he, that I remember. He, he's like the Newman from um <laughs> from Jurassic Park on, on the toilet. It's that iconic. He gets taken from the boat, and then they the birds fly him towards the sunset, and you see his arm rip off. It's yeah. amazing. I hate to point it out. That's actually the death from uh, of um Katie Cassidy's character from Jurassic World. Oh, that was right. so horrible. But in this one, it feels much more but earned. Yeah. Um. But but um. I, I think the Newman character is actually John Goodman when he's playing with the camera and he looks mm-hmm. up Gojo shit mm-hmm. and then he gets. Yeah, that's by right. the skull crawler. Yeah, um, that's the that's, Newman death. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and and also um, Newman doesn't die on the toilet. Mm. Um, that's a different guy. Yeah, Newman is um, is in with the um, the um, yeah, he survives the toilet. That's right. Yeah, he's with the um, what are they called? Velociraptors. Velociraptors. Yeah, in the, in the woods, he's the first one. Yeah, that yeah. shows us what the Velociraptors can do. I really like Jurassic Park. Um, <laughs> and we only watched it like last. And Sam year. Jackson's in that movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, this movie kind of hits all those notes that Jurassic Park does so well, all that mm. awe and stuff that is so much fun, you know, mm. the, the slow build of awe and the slow build of like excitement and, 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 and I mean, and the scientists and the photographer to be, you know, our eyes, you know, our, the, yeah. the, our way in character. Well, Tom Hiddleston's not a scientist. Though. No, no. I mean, the other two, the, um, whose names I can't remember, the guy with glasses, Brooks, the Asian girl. And I don't know her name. Yeah, I don't know. She was names. introduced too late. She was a really weird one because, like, she doesn't show up until they're on the boat, and we never really get any establishment of her character. She feels very much like let's get the Chinese money kind of character. Yeah, she does. I think like it's clear that her English isn't that good, so they didn't want to give her too many lines. That is also a problem. Um, this is one of the bigger problems with this whole like let's get a Chinese actress in there. Mm. Is she the same actress who was in um, Independence Day Resurgence? I will tell you. Her name is Tianjing. Okay. She might not be, but she definitely reminded me of her a lot. No. Okay. 
Well, then the same problem has <laughs> happened in Independence Day Resurgence. Mm. They, they um, just they've picked like a slightly famous Chinese actress to get the money in, and they give her like three lines, and she's not. They don't give her any kind of character to deal with. Yeah, can't, if they're going to do that, can't they put in um, pick one who who is not only an actor but is can act in English enough to kind of have a bit of empathy and um, then like the nicest thing about her character is all the non-verbal stuff that she had with the scientist guy. Their their relationship was quite cute. They're kind of the love story of the thing. Yeah, uh, but, Corey Hawkins' character. Sorry. Um, yeah, that that was uh, um. That they kind of made it work. He kind mm. of made that work. He was really good. He made mm. the rela- that relationship and the relationship with um, with John Goodman work really well. Mm. Mm. Um, but also his kind of like nerdy vibe at the beginning of the movie was so great. It established the character mm. so well and he kind of – he did that really well. Like he mm-hmm. just does this hovering thing that's really clever where he's just like constantly hovering around John Goodman and, and really eager to please and really nerdy. Mm. So that like when you find out that he's purposefully bombing the – crap out of all these innocent animals you don't hate him for it yeah um, i'm ca- trying to remember the name of the although she's probably too old now because these all have to be like early 20s actresses mm-hmm. um zhang Ziyi. oh she's yeah, yeah. great doesn't yeah. matter if she speaks the language or not she can convey well, the thing about chinese actresses is the western audience won't know how old they are like unless they recognize well the, like Tianjing, there's no there's no date on her IMDb. Nobody knows her well enough to kind of research that kind of thing. She could I think get we away could probably with... figure it out with Zhang Ji since she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in like the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, she and she's much better. I mean, yeah. it just Fun wasn't Bing very... Fan Bing, there's a few. Yeah, Fan Bing Bing is great. Um, but like, yeah, you, you just don't like... And she's like, I sort of get the, the introduction of her stars, so late but... is a weird yeah. choice. No, no, she doesn't do enough. Like she get all she she only arrives like when they're going on the mission. There's no kind of setup for her working with John Goodman and. Did yeah, you like, also Corey notice Hawkins. that there's all these walking shots of like the military group with Kevin? Oh yeah, yeah, Mark Kevin, Kevin Jackson. Right, they go as in Holt's husband from Brooklyn Nine Nine, yeah. who is he's also he great also plays this. Sparks. Also has a Newman death. He also plays Sparks Nevada um, on um, the Thrilling Adventure Hour, which is mm. a great podcast. Um, but yeah, he's. Uh, really funny. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Um, but Mark Evan Jackson, there's there's all these like long shots of that group walking where it's all of the um, military guys and Mark Evan Jackson. But John Goodman is also part of that group and never part of those shots. Mm. And you just know it's because John Goodman was like, no, I'm not walking through the jungle. Wasn't available for those days. Yeah, yeah. Sud- suddenly not available for the like overhead helicopter shots of walking through the jungle. Mm-hmm. No, I can't do those. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Mm. But it doesn't like it's it wasn't distracting enough to pull me out of the movie because again this movie doesn't take itself too seriously so you can sort of yeah, actually, brush off those there things. was a while where i thought there were three groups because i thought there was the kevin group the um john goodman group and the tom hiddleston group but there technically are three groups because well, there's the chapman group, chapman yeah which is a chapman group all by himself poor chapman um there's a scene also where toby kebble watches himself eat giant squid which i thought was funny mm. um i sort of had an idea that he might be playing both of those roles but i saw his name in the credits i was like oh he must be playing kong and then i saw mm. him and i was like oh he's not playing kong he's playing himself that's weird or not himself but a human yeah yeah but he was um, doing both toby kebbell of course was chapman also- doesn't have a huge part so there's time and, and also all of kong stuff would have been done in the studio not on set whereas chapman stuff a lot of that would have been done on set um just so that people are aware of what we're talking about toby kebbell um is known for motion capture. He also did the Planet of the Apes movies, mm. um, and he does he's terrific Warcraft as well. Um, motion capture, yeah, that's right. He was the really good orc in Warcraft. Mm-hmm. He did a good job in that. Um, he's good at that. Well, that's stuff. why I recognised his name because when we watched Warcraft, I remember talking about him. Yeah, 
I remember him from. He was also in Fantastic Four. Um, he was the bad guy. Mm. He was doomed. Yes, Fantastic that's right. Four. He was. Um, which I think is potentially his entire IMDb, or at least all of the famous things he's been in. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's kind of like the new Andy Circus. Um, but he's great. He or like an additional Andy Circus because yeah. Andy Circus can't do all of these roles. No, he did. There are he too was, many. He already played or, King or, Kong. or Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict, I did the motion capture too. Cumberbatch. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was. Oh, we were talking after the movie as well. Every so often when the movie was on, I would just look at Tom Hiddleston. And I was like, boy, really knows how to wear a shirt. Boy, mm. really knows how to lie on the ground. Like everything he did was sexy. Like he would walk sexy. He would. Oh my god, that'd be such a freaking. Poser though, the I way know. he stands. But that's oh, the thing is that that's what that role was, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what he's doing in this movie. He is basically the I, eye candy. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of like the Hiddles is no longer perfect to us. Like he's um the shiny new snowflake of 2011. It's kind of you know he's been around for a while, so he's not like the perfect newcomer anymore. He's not unproblematic. So it's kind of like he's almost earned this part, a part like this, where he's a little bit like there's a little bit more to him. I don't know. I mean, I I thought he was good in um. What was the the white shirt movie? Oh, That's really Crimson helpful. Peak. High Rise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we watched a few Hiddles movies. We literally just go to anything he's in, don't we? Yes, because he's so pretty. It's distracting. And I was watching this movie and every so often I would just get mm-hmm. distracted by the fact that he's so pretty. But this, but, I mean, that's what his role is in this movie. And he, again, is really leaning mm-hmm. into it. Like he is going for the cheese. But that's what has worked for him in the past as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do well, that's the what really heavy. That's what good at too. Exactly. He does the really heavy dramatic stuff, but he doesn't shy away from being cheesy as well. It's actually so it works perfectly. A little bit like, we talked about this last week with Patrick Stewart, that classical Shakespearean actor training being channeled into um, uh, mainstream drama. And I'm like, yeah. I'm remembering, of course, that Shakespeare in its day was, you know, like the lowest common denominator public entertainment. So it, he's, it's kind of that acting, but all that training and that posture and all that technique yeah. being channeled into it. Being channeled into something that's fun, enjoyable, and everybody seems to be having fun on this mm. movie. Um, yes. Nobody more so than John C. Riley, of course, but everybody <laughs> seems to be enjoying themselves, you know? Nobody's yeah. like, nobody's going, oh, I hate being here. Nobody is uh, is sleepwalking through their roles in this. And Sam Jackson's been, well, you know, he's he's done that a few times, but in this one, he seems to be having a ball. Like, everybody is really going for it. And mm. I think, I don't, I mean, surely there's articles about this, and I'm probably going to look stupid, but it seems like Jordan vote Roberts has a really good way of like making a cast feel you know comfortable and like they can have fun with it mm. like because that's what I get out of this movie that the well, d- director was doing a good job because everything feels like it's of a piece I think he picked the right people as well but yeah but you can see it in movies when there's like there's some actors doing one thing and there's some actors when we saw um um what was it the um with David Oyelowo and oh, Rosamund yeah, Pike, yeah. where a, it feels like everybody's kingdom. just totally in different movies. Yeah. But this one, everybody's everybody feels very much like they're in the same movie. Mm. They're all going for that, like, it's both cheesy and it's dramatic. You you get to be, mm. like, act big, but also have emotional moments. You know, the, it feels like it's, mm. it's very coherent. And everybody across the board is on board with that. Yep. And that is really special. It's really unusual for everybody to kind mm. of know exactly how cheesy and how fun this yeah. movie is, but also be giving it 100%. Yeah, and Jordan Vogt-Roberts, he's done nothing before this. Like, no. he's a Sundance director who's gotten this $100 million movie, and normally, you know how we feel about that. Like, 
but this is great. This, this is great. looks amazing. And he's done some real – there's real technical challenges here. Mm. Like there are 15 helicopters. The opening scene is like involves like all these helicopters and people and big CG animals and like you're on set in – they were on set in Hawaii and Vietnam and Hong Kong and Australia. Like these are – huge challenges for a director to manage and, and he, he just, just does, does it, does it really. ease yeah like not just does it well but does it easily mm. you know um there's um and there's a lot of movies that don't manage that that really struggle with the storytelling and the pacing and keeping it up and getting some actors mm-hmm. out of their shells and stuff there's this especially shot. when there's like a big cg thing to cope with but that kind of just seamlessly fits in with the rest of it yeah it's like he – I mean, he clearly did his research and watched a lot of these movies mm. and stuff, but he he really – I just thought it was really good. I well, thought the ending was a bit too abrupt. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like they didn't quite know where to go after the fight. I didn't love the last two-thirds of it as much as I loved the first third of it. Like, it starts so strong. I'd say up to about ha- the halfway point. It's mm. going stronger and then it kind of loses steam yeah, a little bit. Yeah, because it's a bit like where they've got to have certain things in in the Kong movie, but – they don't feel like they're necessary. Yeah. And it's the bit where they're all like the two different groups are traveling in different directions. Mm. You don't know where they each are and all that. And there's lots of walking around and coming across obstacles and things like that. And that kind of, it, it's not as amazing as that first bit, which is just like, oh my God, punching and kicking and wow. And then it picks up again towards the end. Um, I do feel like most of those scenes served a purpose because you see them all like it's a lot of the establishing this thing mm. so that we can see that at the end. Or and they don't waste time on the meat. Like no. it's not, there's, it's very much like you, there's one challenge to overcome and there's one weird thing in the forest kind of thing. It's not they're – not, they're not overdoing it. They need to be there. Right. It just feels a little bit long. But then yeah. I think it kind of picks up a little bit with that um, elephant graveyard scene mm-hmm. or Kong's family graveyard scene. That is a great, yeah. great scene too. Yes. Um, and then it kind of picks up the pace a little bit, but then the end is a bit sudden. I actually genuinely thought like – they played Will Meet again and then the helicopters came into frame and then Kong shows up with the helicopters reflected in his eyes. And I was mm. like, oh, he's going to take the helicopters down and they're going to be stuck there. That was the ending that I thought mm. they were going for. But then they did a scene after that that I thought was really unnecessary and didn't help the movie at all. The post credit John scene. C. Ry- oh, no, John, John C. C. Riley getting yeah. home. I actually thought the post credit scene would have been okay yeah. um, as the establishing one for them. In fact, I would have swapped those. Yeah. Um, but like the John C. Riley going home one could have been done over the credits without any kind of loss of. Yeah, it would have been more of an interesting shock to see them in the room. But then mm. you know you wouldn't have had that moment with Hiddle's sexy voice at the end of the credits, oh, yeah, where he's like, "You're just sitting there in the dark," and you're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and most of our crowd had left as well. Um, but there was a lot of like families in the crowd, so I understand why they they got up and left. But like, yeah, that I don't think we were expecting that. And then you hear this: "You're just going to sit there." Are you enjoying it sitting there in the dark? Is what he says. It's and, and very, like, very sexual. Um, I'm like, I, I have to obey what what yeah. he says to me. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was so. It was such a good <gasps> lead into that, and that's what I mean. Like Jordan, what's his name? Really, really knows what he's doing with Tom Hiddleston in that role. Um, mm-hmm. But that's you know, and it's yeah, the whole thing is just so much fun, and I really enjoyed it, and mm. all the music, musical bits, like. Um, it's almost Guardians-esque in that way. Oh, that 70s soundtrack, the Vietnam soundtrack. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. It doesn't miss a beat, but it's also like it uses those not like in Suicide Squad to replace all the characterization, mm. but to like it's just there to give you a sense of the setting and stuff. Yeah. You know? And it also, it doesn't like it's a cliche, but it doesn't kind of fall into cliche. Like the helicopters play music through loudspeakers, mm. but it's not Ride of the Valkyries. Mm-hmm. It's some like pop song or something. 
And that makes sense with what we know about Vietnam, with what the soldiers were like, with the fact that they were conscripts and they were just ordinary guys who were, you know, and they were people who had come of age in the 60s and they were into rock and roll and all that kind of stuff. It made sense in the context of these this group of soldiers yeah. playing this music. There was also a real um, sense of, like, they, they really went for the diversity in the soldiers and stuff. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Like, the conscious effort to include Asian and black and Latino and… Islander. There was one yeah, Islander guy. Yeah, there was Islander. Um, obviously, the, uh, even the, the scientists. So, like, John Goodman… A, a young black man and a young Asian woman, like they they really made an effort. Yeah, exactly. There's not like the one, um, what's his name, who was stuck in Godzilla just doing exposition for the whole movie, completely sidetracked and sidelined, which was really unfair for him, the Japanese guy. Yeah, and but, and also none of them get like horribly killed either. They all kind of, um, the horrible well, there's, deaths. there's only one like person of color that I can remember getting a really yeah. horrible death What's before his name? Sam Jackson gets he's a bad guy yes ripped off which is Nieves yeah. yeah yeah so he gets killed but but they're not like um yeah there's no sort of um it's not kill your gays but you know what I mean like the people of color don't die in order to further the white people's story right it almost would have been nice to have the um I forgot what I was going to say then I don't know you're too busy looking for this guy from Godzilla I am you? Ken Watanabe oh right yeah. yeah what a waste of Ken Watanabe yeah, I, the thing that, when I'm thinking, like I think thought about Godzilla a lot when I was watching this movie mm. because again, that is also a movie with good actors in it. it has Brian Cranston, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen. Like mm. these are these are good quality actors, you know. Yeah. And, and Ken Watanabe is a great actor, mm-hmm. but like that movie just wasted all of them, and it followed Aaron Taylor Johnson around, and nobody cared about him. Mm. Nobody would have given the slightest crap if he had died. But you know, this in this one, you actually care when. Some people die and mm. not so much when others do. The one thing that I did find really strange was there seemed to be a proliferation of extra guys or extra helicopters every time they needed them, mm. like for people that we don't know to be killed off. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I was like, wait, how are there more guys? There was like there only the ones we know already now? Yeah, like three helicopters actually like crash landed enough for people to survive, but there were probably 15 flying in formation, of course, which looked amazing. But yeah, it was just a kind of as cannon fodder. And also like – there's a bunch of they find a bunch of dog tags. They couldn't have found all of them. Like there's mm-hmm. no way um, for Sam Jackson to get mad about. And then he's like, he's definitely going after Chapman because he's heard Chapman on the radio and he knows Chapman's fine. But it kind of like th- there's some of the soldiers are just cannon fodder. Right, exactly. There's a, quite a few soldiers that are just cannon fodder, and we never know their names. We never even get a line from no. them. Like there's shots of them about to die, and you're like, I've never seen that face before no. in this movie. Which again is kind of a trope of the silly movie, but like that one I could have done without because I was like, just you can kill some of the guys that we we like. It's mm. okay. You can you can kill some of the soldiers that we've grown attached to. That's all right. Um, without them having to do a big heroic death. But it was, I mean, it was so, like, everybody just had fun. It was so fun and it mm. looks so good. I could happily watch this movie again and again just to watch it. Mm. Um, it looks terrific. Oh, it's just so fun as well. Like, it's so sh- it's sharp and brightly coloured and, like, just It's kind engaging. of one of those why you go to the movies kind of movies. Mm. You just, this is what you want when, and you can take the family as well. We sat next to, like, three maybe eight-year-old boys who were so into this and very into the Guardians tra- trailer that played before Oh, it. my God. They they laughed their heads off through the whole yeah. Guardian trailer. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah, but there was they were not the only children in the audience by no. any means. There's quite a lot of, like, middle-grade-age children in and there. And there were us, so. 
and we were us, in the audience, like the, everybody around us was silent. We're just like cackling our heads off. Yeah, and also like anticipating things, and yeah. Mm. But um, sorry, we must be the worst to go to the movies with. But um, <laughs> we had fun. We had so much fun. But so so did the the boys next to us. Um, they were so excited during. Yeah, the big they fight. wouldn't have minded us. That the no, way no. We well, they were the so into that big fight at the yeah. end and all that kind of stuff. Um. Yeah, yeah, they gasped and they in all the right places. Yeah, yeah. They, they they I mean, so clearly this it. was one of their first movies of this type, and they just had a ball watching it. And that's it, it's that's what it is. It's the kind of thing where you can just like go on a Sunday afternoon. You can take the family. You sit. You eat your popcorn. You have a really fun time for a couple of hours. And yeah. They're like you get your money's worth. It's not reinventing the wheel, but no. it's really fun. And it's not too long. Although it feels fresh. Like, mm. it's not reinventing the wheel. We've seen – there was a Godzilla movie, what, two years ago? There was a Kong movie maybe 15 years ago. It's not like this is new at all. King Kong was one of the first movies that was ever made and it's still getting made today. <laughs> but it feels fresh. It feels fun. It feels different from the the superhero stuff that's getting a bit stale and overdone. It just – it's something that's – well, I, the I superhero it. stuff, they just have to redo. Like, they have to shake up the formula a little bit, like we've been talking about. Mm. But, yeah, it was really fun. It was really exciting and fun and interesting. And, um, like, even though you know a lot of the time what's coming next, it's mm. still so much fun to watch it It doesn't happen. matter. It's just enjoyable. Like It's almost like a pantomime. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, where you kind of – you go along and it's clear who's going to die and who's going to live and who's your heroes and who your villains are. And you, you get into it. You cheer and you gasp and you – have a great time watching it. Yeah, and everybody's so pretty and oh so God. watchable. I know. I I think I was more into Brie Larson than Tom Hiddleston in this. I don't even know, but she's so – God, she's watchable. We were yeah, talking about is. in the car on the way home, um, and she's going to kill it as Captain Marvel yeah. because she's so captivating and so focus-pulling and so charismatic and so good at But the other great thing that. about her is that she can do a movie like this, but she also has done Room and Short Term 12, which mm. are very serious, dramatic movies, and she can do them both equally well and mm. with an equal amount of, like, dedication to yeah. it. And, people and when she smiles in this movie, everybody kind of smiles and she just has this mm. way of, like, pulling the whole kind of cinema up with you. And her chemistry with Tom Hiddleston was really good too. Like, yeah. they don't really go for the romance with that pair, but, like... Regardless of that, they just had this kind of easy uh, connection that worked well. well. That's, I think, one of the interesting things. She feels like the leader of the group, even though, like, Hiddles is the explorer and the adventurer and the RAF guy. She feels like the one where everybody listens every, to her. Yeah, everybody listens to her and, and that's where the decisions get made. It's um, also, yeah, it's much more of an ensemble piece than the production and, material. And like, the, not production, what's the good called? thing about having Hiddleston as Promotional well. Promotional stuff. Yeah, is that he he's happy to let it be an yeah. ensemble. He's not trying to pull the focus. He's not Harrison Fording this. He's like it, it, he's not pulling the focus, all of the focus. He's beautiful and he's amazing. You say that like Harrison Ford does that on purpose. I, I don't no, think no, he does. I don't think he does it on purpose. I think that like in Star Wars, for example, he's not put with people who are as charismatic as him, so like the focus all goes on him. But he um he he doesn't pull the focus from her or even from his other um his other colleagues. He lets everyone's allowed to have their moment, which I think is really good like even john c Riley, who is a bit of a focus puller he's has his moments but he ne- it's never like overdone with the rest of the right. cast yeah he's the comic relief but they only use him when they need him to mm. be the comic relief and he does after his yeah. introduction but even his introduction is like it's it's just really clever because it, his introduction is all exposition right that's mm. his job he's there to be exposition but mm. he does the exposition like if you compare him to ken watanabe he does the exposition in such a fun 
way. Like mm-hmm. he just every so often will break the the expositional kind of boring what's it called? I can't remember. Um but it's just like it's coming out, you're like, Okay, okay, I know this is the story of this island, but then he's like, I call them skull crawlers. They're like, Why? He's like, I don't know, I just thought it was a cool name. You know, I so never like, really said it out loud until this moment. Yeah. You can call them whatever you like. I I, I was just and that's what I thought. And then Hiddles and Brie Larson are like, No, we're cool with calling them that, that's fine. And it's a mag- it's- wonderful moment in the middle of all this stuff. But also they don't have to just straight play the straight guy. No. They don't have to make fun of him for it or be like they're just like, No, that's fine, that's cool. It's not like uh the the movie's not making fun of his character for being who he is after this no. time on the island. It's kind of with him, yeah. which is really sweet, mm-hmm. especially when it comes up with him being it's him versus Sam Jackson. Mm. That's a really like nice dynamic because you've got this guy isn't like a just a loon who is on the island that the movie's making fun of. He's a real character that mm. you like by this stage, and he's done that with a lot of you know work to make that character both vulnerable and likable as well as being comedic mm. and it's that works really well you know mm. they have this moment as well like the, there's a lot of setup for things that don't follow through <laughs> like ants in, well yeah um the ants no that that was but in a better way than that i meant like it sets that up and then pulls the rug out from you like oh right when yeah. they set up the boat mm. and they're like oh my god he made this boat it's so exciting they have the hero music swell up and it's the ugliest dumbest looking boat that he's made out of this old plane like it looks like ridiculous three old planes. Yeah. yeah and and it looks ridiculous and everybody's sort of like that's that's the boat and he's like yeah he's so proud of it you know yeah um things like that that where, where it pays off really well mm. and really nicely and and then eventually you kind of come to like the boat as well but that sort of stuff is it's all stuff we've seen before, but the movie does it has a really deft handling of it. Yeah, I think, um, this oh. is one of the rare occasions where I was like, "Oh yeah, I'd want to see more of this director. I want to go check out what else he's done because mm. he handles everything so deftly in this movie." You just made me think of something too um, when you're talking about Brie Larson and Tom Hiddleston doing that moment with John C. Riley where they're like, um, "Okay, I don't mind. That's a good name." Um, they're never. Nobody's perfect in this movie. Mm. Nobody has all the answers. They're all thrown onto this island where. They don't know what to do and they're just improvising. I li- I really like that they put this in Vietnam era because that's what Vietnam was about. Like a group of young men thrown some into this situation that was beyond anything they'd experienced before and they didn't know how to handle it. And that feeling it's a, that permeates the cast, which is why it feels like an ensemble, why it feels like a piece, why it mm. feels why no one no one is like the the perfect hero of the thing. Everyone has their part to play and everyone's just doing their best with the limited amount of information. Yeah. And um, who knows how Kong managed to survive his uh, New York escapades since it's clearly referenced in this movie that that happened with the scene where Brie Larson touches his face is is like then he remembers what it used to be like when he was with the whoever that character was, the girl from the – Faye Ray character. The yeah. Faye Ray in character. the 1930s, yeah. Yeah. So like – but that's always been in the 1930s and he dies then, right? <laughs> So eventually he's come back to life and gone back to his island and now it's the seventies. Um, but it's so like, it's so fun and silly and ridiculous. I really liked this movie. Mm. It was just fun. Well, that was like, it was nice. I think that was more rather than necessarily being literally, you know, a, a, um, part of the character journey. It might have just been that it's very respectful of the earlier Kongs and it references yeah. them. And if you're a Kong fan, you'll see all the references and. And make- they don't overdo things like the giant spiders and stuff. Mm. Like there's not the, we go through the, the, the valley that has these guys and we go through that place that has mm. these guys you just see one giant spider and that's more than enough to do enough damage to them mm. um with the skull crawlers you see one and then they they fight two mm. not like 20 of them 
no. you know, it's it's much you, more kind of yeah. You you trust the native people who are clearly very scared of these skull crawlers and know what they're talking about. They they trust them and they're like, yes, we understand that these are bad. Yeah, they were res- treated with a little bit more respect, but they still don't have any like characterization or anything. None of them get to talk or anything. No, that was no, a bit disappointing. I meant to talk about that actually. The sort of indigenous population that just kind of there to look exotic. Yeah, well, I mean, they they're also there to like show that the situation is serious. Yeah, and it's a bit weird though because John C. Riley's been there for so long and he kind of understands them, but he and he lives among them, but it's never it's not really shown like he's always he's sort of shown even though he's been there for so long as being kind of separate from them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, clearly his but clearly he his friend was um Gunpei, the the other guy yeah. who um, crashed on the island with him. So um yeah, and they'd been living like together for a while with these people and, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was fun. Hmm, it was good. So, what are you giving it? I'm going to give Kong Skull Island Skull Island four stars cuz it was fun and I liked it. Mm, me too. Um yeah, I, I as much as I had like five stars worth of fun, but I don't think I can do that without. Well, the last good half was not strong yeah. enough. I th- the no. last half was just a bit weak with all the traveling around and the, the yeah. yeah, you know, taking so, on bad guys. Thing. I can't in good conscience, but it's four stars and just like a sheer feeling of relief after Oscar season and Logan, yeah. which is quite heavy. It's just nice. I liked this better. Than Logan. Oh yeah, way better. I, it's just nice to go to a fun movie to escape for an afternoon. <laughs> Yeah, and it's not something that's going to stick with you for a long time, and the messages no. are very heavy. Um, there's a moment at the beginning, though, when John Goodman gets to Washington and he's like, Washington is never going to get more f***ed up than this. <laughs> and every- we were all laughing because it's like, mm. yeah. Um, and, well, the, and the Native tribe builds a wall as well. Yeah, yeah, they built a wall. And what was the other stuff? There were a couple of references to yeah. things that are happening now that were not subtle, but um, mm. and it had that kind of Avatar-esque, you know, military bad and scientists that yeah. you know want to destroy the environment bad yeah um somebody was talking to me about that recently and how unique avatar was in that and i'm like no there's like 10 movies i can think of at the top of my head that yep. are like that mm. um this is much better than avatar so yeah but at, again like that, that second half was not good no. enough but i think that also giving it for you know they have one to grow on they have one to like improve and mm. whatever the mothra sequel that they're clearly gonna yeah. make or whatever it is and hopefully they do you know and hopefully this director goes on to bigger and better things which is the first time i've said that about one of these white guy direct sundance directors like colin trevorrow and gareth edwards who didn't deserve like obviously didn't deserve the things that they got after their minor successes but this guy seems to have actually done a good job well stopped clock is right twice a day <laughs> well you got to give credit where credit's due yeah no definitely He's, he was good and this was good um and and I can't wait to see those straight out of Compton guys in something else that's good and, you know, watch their careers actually do well instead of just getting minor parts in movies like this. Yeah. They deserve it. They were great. Hmm. Okay. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you would like to find our show notes or old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to read Katie's review of Kong Skull Island, uh, it'll be on her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. And if you want to find us on social media, we are at screen underscore queens on Twitter facebook.com forward slash silver screen queens on facebook and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com on tumblr thank you for listening bye bye